I keep in a line is Better stay in line with You see it like me shining Grinding Yeah, 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 yeah Your man's been grinding, man What's up, what's up Yo, I've been getting the texts I've been getting the little emails Everybody, D, you alright? What, what, what's going on? Welcome, welcome back it's your man, Drayton Jackson Conversations with Dre. Yeah, yeah look, that's why, I, that, look, I had a, the clips, man. I had, a, that, that song was so big. That song was so big, so big. And it like, for real, it, I, grinding is, it, it's not even the word. I've been going so, so hard, man. I, I, your boy's been trying to put it in uh, and, and, and out there, you know, working to try to really make it. Because sometimes you got to question yourself, you know, are you really doing doing what you have to do? But let me tell you what your, what your boy's body did. My body was like, that's enough. <laughs> We're going to chill for a minute. <laughs> Yo, I got so sick two weeks ago. Like it. I don't know where it came from. I don't know what happened. It knocked me on my behind. I was out for a minute. I really don't get sick. Like, I, I, I usually get sick around February, right? And then that's it. After that, I'm, I'm good uh, because of fasting and, and whatever, you know, just to keep my, my body there. But I got so sick. I couldn't move. I, I, I just was in the bed. I was just, man, and it wouldn't go away. So I, like, I, I thought I was good and then it hit me again because, you know, trying to trying to just stand up and be be the man and be like, yo, that's it. You know, I got I'm over this. And man, my body was just like, nah, <laughs> we not, you know, but uh, on, on, on top of that, your boy, I had to do a presentation and then I had two speaking engagements back to back, two different dates, you know. And I had to prepare for that. So it was just, it was just a lot. It was just a lot. You know what I'm saying? And the man's blessed. I'm not going to say anything about it. I love the pressure. You know what I'm saying? That, that's there. And if, uh, if I wasn't doing it, then if I didn't feel that way, like uh, I heard a clip, uh, that Nipsey Hussle said that really, really caught me. And I, and I love it, man. I really, really love it. Um, it, it was, he was saying that the feeling of the pressure and the feeling of the anxiety and everything that I think he was going, I'm paraphrasing, uh, that he was going through and, and all of that, that pressure, that's good because that's what he wants. That's what you should expect if you're trying to be and do great things. You know what I'm saying? You want that pressure and everything. And I, I really took that to heart. I think it was God sending me a little message like, you know, don't don't let all of this uh, scare you or anything like that and embrace it. And and definitely your man embrace it. I loved it being back to back with the speaking engagements and stuff like that and going out and doing my thing. And But the podcast had to take a hit, man, especially with me being sick. I was just like, man, I couldn't even do it, man. I had a, I had two interviews that I had to cancel uh, for hopefully, uh, well, no, not hopefully. Hopefully we, we are rescheduling the interview, so it'll definitely be up there uh, for it. You know, I hope everybody uh, enjoyed their their holiday. You know, Memorial Day weekend was there. I got to really, really just chill out for a minute. I needed I needed that just to to just sit back. Remember, I told you we don't we don't we don't take breaks. We don't take breaks over here. What we do is recuperate. You know what I mean? The whole team just recuperated. And let me tell you what I did. Uh, that was just real crazy, real quick. I for a long time I haven't just had like turkey because I eat turkey franks. Everybody know I eat, I, I haven't had. Just like a, a turkey frank and a hot dog, all right? Uh, the uh, turkey frank, you know, not a hot dog, but beef, but a hot dog and a burger. And this past uh, holiday on Monday, I had a hot dog and a burger, and it was really good. 
<laughs> I can't front. Forget it. I forgot, man. A gr- and a grilled one. You know, shout shout out to Diana, man. It was it was it was it was popping. I can't front. You know what I mean? I was like, yeah, thinking about it uh yesterday, you know. I was like, wow, that was really good. So shout out to all the people that like a uh, hot dog and a burger. Um, but yeah, so you know, I got to just recuperate a little bit, uh, and then and got to get back to, to the grind uh with, with you guys, you know, knocking knocking everything out, man. Just so busy. So, with all of you guys being my true fans and my, uh, you know, making sure that I give you guys the exclusive before anybody else gets it, right? And that's the whole thing about being true fans. You get the exclusive stuff. So, right now, today, Wednesday, you guys are the first to hear it from me that I am running for the school board in my area. So the school board district, which is Central Kitsap School Board, and I'm running for a district three position in my area in Kitsap County. Yes, I am. We 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 it's time for to move our children's education forward. And um, you know, many of you know that I've been an advocate for um pre uh pre-education for the youth and and definitely from birth, just reading, you know, um reading in the womb. Um and nurturing a mother uh, all the way from the womb. I, I went, my daughters, I used to read to my oldest daughter, Takaya, when she was in a mother's stomach. And, you know, from uh, birth, I've, I've always been uh, a person that saw education like that. And I think that that's so important that we look at education just as a start when a person goes to school. It starts way before then. And children definitely learn uh, prior to that. And I think that I've, I've seen it in all my children, the differences of the education that they can have in pre-education, you know? So you guys know that I work with Head Start, work with um, uh, a lot of things that's dealing with Head Start and early education. And I think that this is a good position to, to get into. And I think that, you know, the K through 12 system is a little flawed and a little messed up. And it just needs somebody there just to not fight. I'm not, not trying to go there to fight, but I am trying to go there to be a voice for many parents, uh, especially, um, a lot of students of color and a lot of, uh, students that just feel that they don't have a voice there. So I'm hoping that I can be that, uh, in the, in the position and have that voice to just give them a different look. I, I, I can't lie. Uh, Central Kitsap School District has done a great job. I think there's a lot of improvement. However, I think that overall educational wise, I like the education that's there. Um, and I think that the teachers are up against a tough task. Uh, I just know that there's a lot that needs to be done and improvements can be made all the time. You know, if it was great, it would be great. And I'm going to just say it that way, you know. So with that said, you guys hear it now. Yes, I am running for the Central Kitsap School Board uh, position, District 3. And it is going to be a great uh campaign, I guess, you know, and thing to go off. But we're we going to keep you in tune with that uh, for it. So let me tell you guys real quick. So we were putting together the website and everything like that and going through and like I said, you know, you realize that doing a website really costs and everything. So come to find out, we were putting together the website or the person that was putting together did not save all of the back work and the website, all the stuff that we did and we put together got lost. So 
I, you know me, I look at things as a God blessing. So I think that it must have been a God blessing because the upgrades that we was at, I guess God was like, nah, that's not it. We need to be improved, need to be better. So we, we, we're going back to the drawing board and we're going to do this one quicker because now we understand we see what we want and everything like that. So hopefully it'll just go by quicker and you guys will have that. But I hope you guys are following me on my Facebook page. If you have not, please link up with me on the Facebook page, follow it. And uh, definitely get engaged on the Facebook pages there. The um, Drayton Jackson experience, uh, experience on YouTube, it, it's it's getting there. More more and more stuff. We have so much footage. That's our problem, man. We have so much footage uh, for there that that that's a lot. And uh, just to let you know that I still got the B Cap show, um, and a lot of the B Cap stuff is going on YouTube. But B Cap right here in Bremerton, we have heard your complaints about my loud behind voice. So what we did is we have. Scrapped a lot of what we did going forward. It's a learning experience, man. I got to do it. All right. So we're learning as we go along. You know? Yeah. If you look, if, if you help me more and you donate to the show, help your boy out, I can hire some more people on the team. All right. Because right now it's all coming out of us. And thanks for the supporters that we do have. We do have a lot of supporters. I thank you. Every bit of dollars go to hosting, goes to the podcast, uh, goes to websites and all of that stuff. So, you know, it's not sitting in my pockets or anything like that. So I just want to get, let you guys know I really love you and I enjoy you and I support you in what you want to do as you support me and what I'm doing. So definitely there, but I'm back. It's your man. I've been hustling my behind off. I've been hustling my behind off, man. No, no, no. Like it, you don't even understand, but the whole thing is just to make you to hustle and motivate you. You know what I'm saying? That's all I want to do. My man, Nipsey hustle. Man, I love it. You know, real talk, hustle and motivate, hustle and motivate. Don't go anywhere, man. It's your man, Drayton Jackson conversation with Dre. I got a good show today. There's some things in the news that I want to put out there uh, for you. Some things that went down uh, in Chicago uh, with the police officers. And I want to talk about that. And then I want to talk about the police officer in New York city. that got arrested for uh, setting up her husband to try to kill her husband and his daughter, uh, his, uh, his boyfriend, uh, boyfriend's daughter. And I want to talk about what happened in uh, Washington State with uh, affirmative action. Yeah, your man, Drayton Jackson, conversation with Dre. We're going to talk about it, baby. Don't go anywhere. Coming right back for you. Coming right back. Yeah. Pull up in motor cash. I got a show today. It's all I'm trying to do. Hustle and motivate. Choppers are throw away. Hustle the overway. That's why they follow me. Yeah. I don't do it for nothing, baby. I, 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 I do it for real. I do it for you guys. Trust me on I do it for you guys. It's, it's, it's a lot um, of information that, that's out there, man. And I want to make sure that we decipher some of the stuff that you need to get um, that that's there. You know, there's a lot of news, man. And a lot of times our local news is so concentrated on local that they sometimes, I think, forget, you know, what's going on um, uh, throughout. You know, not, not knocking them, but just so much, so much that's there. Um, there is a situation that happened in Chicago that I want to talk about. And this is dear to, to, to me. And the reason why I'm bringing this subject up is because I have not seen it really out there on the national news. And I thought it was really powerful and interesting of things that happen in the black community 
or poor communities that nobody understands when we say that we're being railroaded, when we're saying that, you know, we are um, going through things. A lot of people don't believe us. A lot of people don't know. You know, they think that we put ourselves in our position. We think that, you know, there's a lot of people that think that, oh, you're just, you know, being, you know, so uh, uh, poor. You you want to blame everybody. You want to do all of the crap that you think that you want to do. You want to live free when everybody else is living that life. And a lot of times I think when you're living in poverty, you are at the behest of everybody else. And I don't think people get that. And I really, really think things happen to people that live in poverty that a lot of people just don't believe. So uh, I, I want to shout out to um, to I'll say C- I, I'll, I'll say CBS. I'm not, I'm not a big CBS fan. I don't I, you know, guys, I love I love my ABC. I'm sorry. But um, CBS really ran this and I, and I respect them for, for running it. I'm going to read the title. Whistleblowers go undercover to expose criminal drug operation within Chicago. So I'm going to I'm going um, to play it for you guys. So this way you guys uh, get to hear just a little bit of it. All right. So you 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 get to see wow. So undercover cop exposes a criminal drug operation within the Chicago PD. Now for years, you know, everybody uh LA uh police department has been everybody knows for years have been very gang uh oriented. Uh, within their connections and stuff like that. This was said for a long time with um, the L.A. Police Department. But here it is in Chicago. You have something that is just crazy. You know what I'm saying? Something that is crazy. I'm going to read to you guys um, some of the stuff that, that, that was said and what had took place. So basically what it was that you had these police officers um that were running the streets. They were running the, the gangs, right? So Sergeant Ronald Watts and Officer Khaled Muhammad uh, were arrested. And they are the masterminds behind setting people up and also selling drugs in the black community. I'll say it again. They were masterminds. They ran a drug operation, a criminal operation within the poor areas of Chicago. Now, this is what really upsets me. You ready? This is coming from the quote quote from the CBS uh, article. Even the good citizens that lived in the area that they were, uh, it was the IDB Wells projects. Oh, wow. Yeah. IDB Wells projects. Um, and I mean, everybody remember Cabrini Green and all of that, but IDB Wells Projects was going through it too, you know, uh, a lot. Been, pro- projects been there for a minute, but even the good citizens that lived there, they are law-abiding citizens. They were subject to this whole criminal thing. One of the people said, "We heard he would put anything from a couple of bags." to enough to put you away for 10 to 15 to 20 years. This is what a cop did. 
So they would walk around and set people up. So what happened is a white woman police officer start to realize that this was going on. And she risked her life. Shannon Spaulding risked her life as an undercover cop in the toughest parts of Chicago. And she realized that she had to stop them. And the thing that brought it to life is when she arrested somebody with Spaulding and he closed the door and said, now let's get down to business. And it was like, dude, what you want from me? You know what I'm saying? So these things happen. So when when you tell that people, now I'm not, not going to say everything or all the time, but this is what makes the power that police officers have so, so detrimental. And this is why I really, really think deep down inside that the DA department needs to be an independent source from the police department. They need to be because nobody's policing. No one is policing the police officers. And I know a lot of good police officers. Let me say it that way. Straight up. I know a lot. Even in my family, even in my family, I know a lot of good police officers. The issue is, is that the bad ones are there. It's like life. So here it is. You have these guys putting people away. 10, 15, 20 years, man. And then not only that, they are selling the drugs. They're giving the drugs to gang members and everybody to sell. Spaulding, the, the white uh, woman police officer, she learned that Watson and his crew would plant drugs on residents in I.D. Wells projects and extort cash from them. And what she did was set them up. She had an informant that she had have some money, and then Ronald Watts and Khaled Muhammad were arrested because they robbed the carrier of $5,200 that the FBI and um, Officer Shannon Spaulding put on them. And I I, I really want to say, this is what's really upsetting me, is that Watts and Muhammad, Watts was sentenced to 25 months. Muhammad was sentenced to 18 months. While you have people that are sitting in jail now because of them. And I think it's when you really think about the issues that are that the poor community. I don't want to say ghettos, tie that word that poor people go through. When cops roll up on poor people, they know we don't have the lawyer to pay for it. They know we don't have that that attorney that's going to get us off and that's going to be in our arraignment. They know that. That's why they do what they do. And a lot of times I tell everybody this. I And, and any of you that know me, y'all have heard me say this. I have said a number of times, real, real criminals know the law better than police officers. Straight up. It's. All of us that are trying to be good citizens in life, that are trying to do our everyday due diligence and be great workers and be great people in our community, that when we get caught up in it and we're innocent, that's why you see the arguments and the fighting so much. 
And I think that it's one of those things where you have to sit back and you really have to say to yourself, damn, who can I trust if I can't trust the police officers? If I can't trust the cops? If I can't trust the people that I'm supposed to call to protect me? Shamir Dre and Jackson conversation with Dre, man. Don't go anywhere. Karis one. My cops, black cops. What's going on with you, man? What's going on with my black cops? Huh? Shamir Dre and Jackson. Don't go anywhere, baby. Coming right back for you. I got you. I got you. Don't worry. I got you. Shout out to Karis One, man. Oh my goodness, the teacher, man. And if you if you've heard him speak recently, he's, he ain't he ain't changed, man. He, he keeping it real. Black cop, what's good with you, man? What's good with you? So, um, so you know, I, I, I hope that everybody really understands what I'm saying when uh, I'm not trying to put police on blast. You know, anything is just that the bad ones are there. They they need to be compelled by the good ones, you know? Um, I, I want to talk about another story that kind of made national news, man. It was really interesting, man. Um, so, there was a white woman police officer in New York City that was accused of seeking a hitman to murder her ex-husband and boyfriend's daughter. Now, this was crazy. This was crazy. And the reason why I'm bringing this up, because all of the beginning, I'm not, I'm not going to say I see it now. And the reason why I, I think that this is important is there was three or four news outlets that I saw. And I'm, I was looking for it online. I haven't seen it now in the recent news. But three or four outlets in the paper said that um, Citronelli, I do believe her name is, was setting her, her husband up to get killed because they were going through a divorce from what, what it seems like. And what was interesting was I heard, and I asked a couple other people and they said they heard the same thing, that she was setting her husband up, but she was telling her boyfriend that was hiring the hitman that to let it happen in the ghetto, it'll just seem like it was a robbery because he was getting money uh, or picking up money at that time or whatever it was. So I it, it, it really disturbed me. But then this case was really crazy because this is a woman that was really decorated, you know, been on the force for a while, you know. Um, and I think that it's one of those things that you have to really look at your relationship. Right. Because, I mean, the, the guy, the husband uh, spoke on ABC. I think it was ABC News um, this past week. And he said that he was. He was just shocked. He knew that they were going through it, but he didn't know she would go to that length, you know, and it kind of like it must have freaked him out because he, his whole attitude towards it was, wow, you know, so here it was. She told her boyfriend, right? She told her boyfriend to hire a hitman. And the boyfriend flipped on her and he turned her in. 
And he was like, what the hell? Now, just picture. It's not funny, but just picture. If you're with this chick and she comes in the bedroom and just tells you, I want to get my, my, my ex-husband hit. What? So now you're thinking to you. Let me tell you this. You're thinking to yourself. Well, goddamn! I piss you off. What in the hell? But then not only that, she was so bold that she said she wanted to kill his daughter. <laughs> so now you know they didn't go into the understanding of why the daughter was put on there. You know, no nobody uh, brought that up. They I haven't seen any news on why in the world. Did she want to kill his daughter? And and it really makes you go to understand. Understand this. This is a police officer that is on the job in our communities. And this is the mindset that she has. I remember... I took the police exam. I passed the police exam. I did really good on the police exam. When I went for the psychological exam, it was a very interesting exam. I'm not going to go in, into it. it was just, this was in New York City. It's for the New York City uh, police exam, right? My aunt Beverly, shout out to my aunt Beverly, rest in peace, man. Um, she she really pushed me. She was just like, no, you got to take the test. And I took the test. And then Giuliani changed the laws and everything like that. But I, I, I would have been a police officer by now. God had a different plan. But... The psychological for the police exam was so interesting. Questions that was just bugged. And I remember, uh, remember I told you, I have a cousin. I have a, uh, a couple friends that are police officers. And I have some friends here in the Washington uh, state area that I've become very close with that are police officers. And the one thing that people don't understand, this is what was happening. And it happened a lot in New York. Suicide amongst police officers is huge. It's huge. It, it, it got to the point, especially in New York City, where they stopped talking about it. And the, the rate of suicide of police officers started to become a real, real issue. And the reason why it was an issue is because they couldn't understand where was it coming from. Now, in New York City, I, you know, the, the police officers don't get paid a lot at all. I'm just being honest with you. They just don't get paid. That's why a lot of them, you know, uh, a lot of them went bad, you know, because it, it, it's it's one of those things where you're sitting there and you're saying, what am I risking my life for for this little bit of pay? And that's real talk. You know, uh, even the police officers here have told me they would never go and work in New York City. You know, and there's this this small towns out here that get to pay 10 times more as a police officer, but they're risking their life. So the stress of that and the stress of the job leads to a lot of that. Then you have on top of that the power that comes with the job and the balance of power. So for her to be that bold and to go out and want to get a hitman to kill her husband. The thing that as a citizen I want to look at is how does a police officer, you gotta let a person, this happens a lot, right? You got, you got married couples that do it both ways. But how does somebody that's a 
protecting the law and upholding the law, let their mind and rationality go to that. And I I really think that people have to really take a look at. I'm talking about when I say people, let me let me let me be frank. I really think that we have to start looking at the mentality of a lot of these police officers. Right. Uh, A police chief told me one time that police officers can't have a flight, uh, 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 a flight or what what is it? A flight. Can't remember. Can't remember what it is, but they, they can't run. They just they just can't. So mentally, what happens when you stop that chemical imbalance that you can't run? And the thing that has to go to this is and I'm just being honest with you. How can we have cops that are afraid? How? How can you have cops that are afraid? And when I say that, I'm saying it to this is that. If they are afraid of the people that they are protecting, especially me as a black man, and they don't understand that they are in power, that they are the man, that they are in charge, but at the same time, they are for the people, supposedly. If a woman in a police uniform can be bold enough to tell her boyfriend that she wants her ex-husband and his daughter killed. What type of mindset is out there on the streets protecting us? And like I said, this is not a bashing cops thing or anything like that. I don't want, I don't want it to seem like that, but I want to put some things in your mind to make you think about it because to be truthful, I can't go for that, man. And we have to really, really take a step back and start questioning whether or not the cops that we have around us are mentally stable to be on this job. Should be a Drayton Jackson conversation with Dre. Don't go anywhere, man. Don't go anywhere. I can't go for that. Uh-uh. Man, Drayton Jackson conversation with Dre. Man, oh, Ooh, man, I got some good interviews coming up. Let you guys know that. Got some good interviews coming up. Um, and I want I want to say this. Shout out, shout out to all of the cops that are on the up and up, and all of the cops that are doing their job and wearing their badge in their city and their town, um, respectfully and honoring the fact that they one work for the citizens. To love to protect the citizens 
no matter what community, no matter what race, no matter what you are. And three, walk around understanding that they are protected by God, period. And no matter what, uh, we lose a lot of police officers, man, uh, on the job. Innocent uh, police officers doing their job. So, you know, it goes both ways with it. So shout out to all of the officers out there that that are definitely locking it down and, and doing their job, you know. Um, I'm going to talk about something that happened in Washington State. If you didn't know, I didn't hear a lot of big fanfare over it, which was interesting to me that didn't hear anything on it. However, it was something that was powerful that happened in Washington State. After 20-something years, Washington State repeals its ban on affirmative action. Crazy. Crazy. So um, a lot of legislators, a couple of legislators I, I know that was behind this. I knew that it was coming down the, the pipe. Um, but for me, being from New York City and knowing uh, and watching affirmative action really make a big impact and, and watching non-affirmative action really play a big role. Uh, it was very interesting to me. Um, but um, a lot of the legislators did. They passed an uh, incentive uh, 1000, which, you know, lifted the ban, repealed, repealed it, you know, and it's it's very interesting. Um, you think that in this country we can live and work in a scenario where things can be looked at evenly, and if the college um, tuition scam or the college entry scam did not prove that to you that it is not even and not fair, I don't know what else will. And I'm I'm just being honest with you that. We live in a world that is really, really uh, not just undecisive when it comes to race, but just not fair. And I'm not I'm not one that, you know, sees equality as, you know, a lot of people look at it. I'm just being honest with you. I you know, you didn't, not everybody's going to be equal, period. Not, it's not it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. I don't I don't I don't care even if you lay everything out, even kill, there are some people that just don't have it. There's some people that do have it. There's some people that's stronger. There's some people that's not stronger. I had this conversation on my podcast not too long ago. And, and it's real. It's real. And I think, you know, for affirmative action, what makes it so just a little bit, you know, I don't want to say fair, because it's not still not fair. Because when a lot of times when affirmative action happens, you get in, then you you criticized for it, then you chastised for it, then you're the oh well they needed to hire you. You're not smart enough. Now you got now you got a whole improving thing that you got to do uh, for it. So I'll say you know to to that it's really crazy. So the ban was on affirmative action. It was in public employment, college administration, and public uh, contracts. State universities and contracts um, still cannot, uh, you know, do quotas for hiring or administration uh, admissions, which is good. I don't think we should have quotas, you know, for it. Uh, nor can they consider race. Uh, I think uh, ethnicity or age or anything like that. Uh, that's still, you know, there, which it shouldn't be. You know, it shouldn't be. So. But let me let me let me tell you something. I don't 
I got on this affirmative action thing in Washington State maybe two years ago when um, my company uh, went after getting a couple contracts and they had the black women and minority business summit. And what bugged me out was when I sat around this woman and minority business summit, what I saw was white men. It was weird. And not a lot of black companies. So a lot of Asian companies, a lot of white women. And it just really bugged me out. And when I had a conversation with a, a white friend of mine that was uh, in business and he just said, oh, I'm just going to be honest with you. There's no affirmative action to this. He said, so it doesn't matter. He said a lot of people fill out the application and it still goes through that process anyway. And a lot of times, you know, you either have to buddy up on a contract with a white corporation. So once I heard that, I started to really look into the what, like what, 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 what happened in Washington State that it, 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 it changed. You know, let me let me give you a little bit of background. Uh, in 1998, the voters had passed I 2000, and or 200. It was a 200 or 2000. I, I don't know. I think it's 2000. And what happened was one of the biggest supporters of this bill was a black man. Wardell Anthony Carlini was a black man and I'm major, major, major player in getting the I-2000 passed, which ended affirmative action here. And this is a man that grew up in, I think he grew up in Louisiana, right? And, and the, uh, during the, the hard times of it. But this is the, this is the, this is the thing. He never considered himself pure black. He always considered himself one fourth black and half white, Right. He has uh, Irish, he has French, he has uh, Choctaw, which is interesting. Uh, we're going to that, right? Choctaw, American in, uh, Indian. And he identifies himself as multicultural. So it's so interesting because he grew up as a light-skinned person being discriminated against. And I really believe, you know, we, we used to have this term and I, I don't want to say it now like that, but we used to have this term in the black community called Uncle Tom's. And what it was, was that the Uncle Tom's, you know, like, and it, this is, this is in history and in records that light skin, the light skin slaves were in the house with master while dark skin slaves were picking cotton and stuff like that. And a lot of times it was, it was them, you know, this fight between us, uh, as black people, was real. So you, you had black, dark skinned people that hated, you know, uh, light skinned people in our own community, you know? And, and if anybody ever wants to see, there's a, there's a movie Spike Lee did, uh, called School Days. Excellent movie. It dealt with this head on. One of the greatest movies ever made on our, our race, you know, and discrimination in our own community. So here it was. I mean, this man grew up like that. And a lot of times you start to realize that we had hatred amongst our own selves and our own community. And this was a man that his, uh, you know, he, his mother died when he was four. You know, his father left out when he was two. So in his eyes, there was a lot that went on. So let's, you know, you get, you got, and it's funny. It's, it's so funny because I was doing a background check. He he had a, he had a stint in here in Bremerton, Washington. <laughs> he stayed in Bremerton, Washington, um, for a little bit, and it, it was really interesting because when I saw that, 
it was something that I had said about um, Bremerton, you know, that when he moved to Bremerton, Washington, and then he moved back to Sacramento or whatever it, it was. It, it, it just dawned on me a lot of history that black people have here, you know, and I think that there's so much that people don't get with in the black community in itself that we are fighting amongst our own selves. And you start to realize, and I, I, I let me tell you this, I get his point of being that everybody should be judged fairly and why should, you know, somebody get something because they're black and not because they're intelligent and not because, and I get all of that. I get all of that if the playing field was even. If it was judged off of that, I'm cool with it. But it's not. It's not. Everybody got their racial blinders on. And that's what he doesn't understand. I'm going to try to see if I can get him uh, on the show just to have a conversation with him and just really go back and forth and see. But let me let me let me explain to you what this bill did. Right. So according to the Washington State Office of Minority and Women Business Enterprises, businesses ran by women and minorities have only represented between one and three percent of state contracting dollars which is far below current and historical established goals. In the five years before the initiative passed, the state was spending 10% of its contracting dollars with those types of businesses. <laughs> what, you, what, what, what can you say? What can you say? If, 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 it's, if it's even, it's even. I filled out the paperwork. Paperwork is hard as hell. We did we did our business. We do what we had to do. We submitted it. So uh, my good friend uh, Joe Nugent, the uh, senator Joe Nugent, he, he he made a quote that was in uh, the Stranger, and I, I'm just going to quote this, and we're going to leave it at that. I think people will look back on this moment as history being made, passing legislation like this will move the needle in making sure that everyone believes that they are a part of this system. This will have effects for generations to come. And I totally agree with him because even me as an entrepreneur, knowing that I have a little bit of a, a fast lane that's going to get me in. Now you still have to do the job. You still have to represent it. You still have to do the paperwork. But to know that the fear of putting in and doing all the paperwork and now I can compete a little bit. Hey, if you go back in history and you take away all of the things that we used to have in the black community that was robbed from us, that was taken from us, the ideas, the hotels that we used to have, uh, Black Wall Street. You go back and you look at all of that every time that we have stepped up and owned our own and did our own thing. We were killed for it. It was robbed from us. And it was taken from us. So, yes, a little bit of a front of action is needed. Especially if you look at today's time and the mentality of a lot of people that's around today, man. All right. And I'll say it this way. You got to always remember that if it was all equal, then we wouldn't even be talking about the negative part of it, would we? 
It's your man, Dre Jackson, Conversation with Dre, man. I am back. I got some interviews coming up uh, for you guys. I got to reschedule the two interviews. I'm not going to tell you who. They are coming. They are coming there. And if you're not supporting Seattle Storm, I'm telling you, support Seattle Storm. You're going to see me really rocking uh, a lot. I got some good stuff coming up uh, for you guys. It's your man, Dre Jackson, Conversation with Dre, baby. You know, it's good times, man. We all right. You know? Peace. Just keep on, just keep on pressing.